It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Warriors. This is Daniel Lou, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. A little bit more than every day right now because of the news with Kevin Durant. I apologize for the audio quality being a little different than normal, but I am actually at the Sports Innovation Conference at Stanford, but had a little bit of time because I got here early and wanted to talk about the news about Kevin Durant. He has a grade two MCL sprain and a bone bruise. So the current statement from Warriors PR is that he will be reevaluated in four weeks. They have not foreclosed the possibility of him coming back this season. Jeff Stotts, who does in street clothes, when Rudy Gobert suffered the same injury, I think it was a little over a year ago, he put the average time missed at six weeks or 22 games which is just about what the Warriors have left in the regular season. And the biggest question for me in terms of Durant and this whole situation is when is he full strength? Because with Gobert in particular, I remember watching him, he was not full strength when he returned. But the best piece of news for the Warriors is just the duration of time when this has to take place. Obviously, it would be better if it had happened earlier in the season, give him more time to come back 100%, everything like that, of course. But... The most important point in all of this is, can he be full strength by the NBA Finals at the worst, or ideally Conference Finals second round, something like that? And the Warriors have a month and a half left in the regular season, ends mid-April, and then another month and a half, so the projected recovery time for, so the projected recovery time to be back on the court, like playing in a game, is six weeks, something in that range, usually. And then that same duration of time again to before the NBA Finals, because the Finals start in early June. And if that timeline holds, even kind of the more pessimistic part of that, the Warriors can be okay. You know, they, they have enough talent where they can survive the rest of the regular season without too much of a problem. I believe they have a three-game lead on the San Antonio Spurs. That certainly becomes dicier now, but it is also worth remembering that San Antonio does not care a ton about getting the number one seed, and that would only matter in the conference finals because either of those teams, the Warriors or the Spurs, will have home court over the Cleveland Cavaliers because the Cavs have struggled so much this year and they're missing plenty of guys. So for the Warriors, this does also put other players at a greater risk of injury just because of the idea that they're going to be straining a little bit more. This will be a great test of whether the coaching staff, particularly Steve Kerr, are really prioritizing the playoffs over the regular season because it's a lot harder to shoulder that kind of burden and win a lot of games because you don't. It, they can either choose kind of doing what Cleveland's done where LeBron has played more, they've given him more to tackle, and I think that has been a mistake, genuinely. I think that's been something that they should not have done. And the Warriors could play Curry and Draymond and Klay Thompson about the same minutes they've been doing before. 
probably lose a couple more games. Kevin Durant is a very good player. And while, you know, they've won a lot of games with Harrison Barnes last year at small forward, they don't have Harrison Barnes right now. Matt Barnes is not the same type of player. Andre Iguodala, you don't really want to work him any harder. So they'll have to, to make this work. But again, the reason why when Durant is full strength matters the most is because if he makes it back to full strength before it matters, then this becomes an experimentation opportunity. This becomes a way of seeing what other combinations you have. I've been openly skeptical over this year about the way that Coach Kerr has used David West. He's pretty much exclusively used him at center. And while small forward is the greatest need right now because of Durant, and so now it's going to be Iguodala and Matt Barnes and maybe some Pat McCaw, Ian Clark, Clay Thompson, you know, kind of bounce those guys around a little bit. They can also use some minutes at power forward, and David West getting minutes there next to JaVale McGee, next to Zaza Pachulia, is not only a good thing in terms of, you know, figuring out a lot of this different stuff, but also a good thing because the Warriors could end up needing that combination of players in the playoffs because if they want to go to less of a stagger, they can do that. And also, as um, Nate Duncan and I talked about on the Dunked On podcast, which came out, we recorded that after his injury, but before we had this diagnosis, that this is also an opportunity to see if Stephen Curry can get closer to what he was last season, because now he has a similar offensive role. The ball is going to be in his hands a lot more. Draymond Green is going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. He tied a career high in assists with 14. So the Warriors will look offensively substantially more like what they did in 2014-15 and 2015-16. And while that is not as good as they were this year as when they have a, a really truly elite offense, they were number two two years ago and number one last year. So still an awfully good team. And we don't know if, if Curry has that, whether it's the 2014-15 form or the 2015-16 form. If that is all the way in there, he certainly has shown it for stretches. But the Warriors will need more sustained action from him. And I have not yet, it's funny because usually this is March 1st, this is a day that I would go through and do the schedule analysis, but because I'm at the Sports Innovation Conference and then doing the uh, Twitter NBA show second screen, I'm not going to have as much time to to delve into that today, that I want to look at really what their schedule is. But something that I noticed uh, as I was thinking about this, driving down to Palo Alto, hearing the news midway through the drive, is that the Warriors have played most of the best teams in the Eastern Conference already on the road. They have to play some of them at Oracle. They play the Celtics in a few days and, and a few of the other teams. But realistically, those are some of the ones that can be a real challenge because teams always get up for those games. They only play them once. You can think back to the big game that they played in Boston and then the next night against the Milwaukee Bucks, which ended up ending the winning streak last year. Those games are always a little bit more perilous than the Western Conference. And the Warriors will benefit, I remember offhand, that later in the season, they have a fair number of games against teams that the current expectation, I mean, these things can always change, but that the current expectation is that they will be taking their foot off of the accelerator, to put it charitably. And so the Warriors, if they want to push forward even a little bit, should be able to win those games pretty comfortably. So yeah, in April, they play Minnesota, Phoenix, the Pelicans, who by that point should probably be out, the Utah Jazz, who might have their seed settled at that point, or the Jazz might really care about that game, and then the Lakers, who will probably be actively trying to lose, considering they're trying to keep their pick. And again, that's why it all ties in with what Coach Kerr and the rest of the staff want to do and what the players want to do in terms of pushing. I still expect them off the top of my head, there will be some smart people who will go through analysis, Kevin Pelton being the one that I will focus on the most, 
on really what this is going to do in terms of their record, but I think my instinct right now is that the three-game lead will be enough if the Warriors do not suffer any any further injuries. And for those of you who've listened to me in various capacities over the last few years, something that I talk about a lot is the idea that an injury hurts because it also makes you it makes any further issue, whether it's disciplinary or injury related, that much worse because you just don't have another player to pick up the minutes. And the Warriors needed to get Matt Barnes. I mean, this does provide a little bit more context for why they did that over Jose Calderon. But they need somebody to sop up those minutes anyway, to particularly at small forward. And I am legitimately fascinated. Like, the Warriors had kind of settled into a rhythm. You know, some games they came out gangbusters. Some games they came out flat. But kind of a, a rhythm in terms of what you would expect for them day in, day out. You could watch the first quarter and kind of get a sense, okay, this is where the game's going to go. And, yeah, maybe they beat the Sixers by 10 points instead of by 20, but within those broad strokes. Now, we legitimately don't know. This has now become the most interesting team in, maybe not in the league, but definitely in the in the conference for right now. And that could change, you know, if they, if they stay healthy, maybe two, three weeks from now, we'll feel like we have a good sense of where the Warriors are. And they're not really gunning for a playoff berth or for a seed like some of these other teams like Denver and Portland. And that is also the benefit for the Warriors of still kind of pushing or going for the number one seed in the Western Conference beyond home court is that at the current moment, there is a pretty big gulf between the seventh best team in the West and the eighth best team in the West. So it will be worth watching whether that matters because Denver and Portland, even though those teams certainly are capable and they're they're talented groups, they're not where Memphis and Oklahoma City are. So all of those dynamics are pushing the Warriors a little bit more towards, you know, maybe maybe pressing a little bit harder. I don't think that they should go as full bore as they did last year going for 73 wins, but a lot of that was internal pressure as well. And this also increases the variability for the Warriors because early in the season, when especially before they really figured out the defense about a month in, Durant was a huge stabilizing force, partially because he's so ridiculously efficient offensively and because he's capable defensively. He wasn't necessarily bringing it every second of every game, every night, but he had it consistently enough that Draymond did not have to shoulder as much of that burden. And they will be playing capable defenders. Matt Barnes, Andre Godala can certainly do that. Sometimes they'll go small and be a little bit more susceptible. But Durant's stability, particularly on the offensive end, was a huge part of that. And that's why Stephen Curry is going to have to take on a larger role. Klay Thompson, he'll need to be more consistent. The last two games were not really there enough, especially with Steph struggling as well. If both of them are off at this point, it's going to be a lot harder for them to win, at least against capable teams. You know, they're, they're going to have plenty of games against the Dregs, and those games they will, especially the ones at home, like that, that stretch where they face Philly and Orlando back-to-back, they'll need to win those games, try to, try to take advantage of Dallas and Sacramento and things like that. And I would also, if Kerr listened to my advice, which, which he doesn't, and I'm totally fine with that, I would be much more comfortable now than before at certain moments just punting on a game at halftime at third quarter if the other team has a lead because you just don't want to strain the guys that are left unnecessarily so you know if it's a, if it's a tough back to back i know i know they play Houston and San Antonio back to back in late march which you know if if on the rosier end of Kevin Durant's thing he could be close to coming back he won't be back by that point but he could be close in those sorts of circumstances you 
can look at it a few different ways. But if it were me, unless you're really getting down to it and that could determine home court, if one of those teams gets out to a big lead, you just say, okay, we'll, we'll fight another day. And that is not something the Warriors have done. Last year, one of their hallmarks, part of the reason they won 73 games, was that they never felt a game was out of reach. And they might need to show a little bit of maturity from the coaching staff to just say, maybe it's not out of reach. Maybe we could get it, but it's not worth the risk of everything else to make that happen. And so I will be intrigued on this from a ton of different levels, also to see whether how this affects the big man rotation. I talked about David West before, but James Michael McAdoo, as Tim Kawakami pointed out last night, James Michael McAdoo has entirely played center this year, which also makes him completely superfluous because if you're playing him just at center, he is at best the fourth best center on the, on the team this year. And McAdoo has played well enough that he does, that he you could say he deserves a spot on this team. But assuming they're going to keep Kevon Looney and Damian Jones, which they certainly should considering their rookie scale contracts, I would think about it a little bit differently in terms of getting another point guard just to reduce the strain on Stephen Curry, get somebody who can handle garbage time because Sean Livingston, you don't really want him playing more minutes. Or maybe they just really bite the bullet and, and go with Pat McCaw and Ian Clark. But there are a lot of different things that they that they need to think about and they need to process. And this is exactly why you try to win games early in the season, why you try to bank a lead, because you never know what's going to happen. And it will be significant to see how the Warriors deal with this adversity. A similar injury to Stephen Curry, who had a grade one MCL sprain last year, but that was in the playoffs. That was a smaller injury much later, a, a little over a month and a half later in the season than this was. But you know, it was a smaller injury, so the recovery was a little bit shorter. And again, why the Curry injury is informative here is the idea that when you get back on the court is not when you're 100%. So it's certainly a setback. It certainly makes the Warriors a less dangerous team for the regular season and the postseason, as long as Durant is less than 100%. But it also could, if he gets back to 100%, it could provide the silver linings of getting to see what they have in some of these other players, trying out some combinations, and particularly for me, Patrick McCaw. If McCaw can show like he did at moments in the game against Washington where he was guarding John Wall and just being a cog in the offense, if if they ask him to do more and he can deliver, then he can take Barbosa's spot in the rotation last year and be a valued piece of what they do in the playoffs, and then maybe you can expect him to, if he does well, to move into a larger role moving forward, considering he is already under contract for next year, one of the only guys who is. Excited to see Matt Barnes on the Warriors again. Not a perfect fit in terms of everything. He's been struggling to shoot threes this year, but I think that'll get better as the quality of looks improves. I mean, most guys at the three and the four never get better looks from distance than they do on the Warriors because there are so many other players worthy of attention. So Barnes should get good opportunities. He can provide grit. And the Warriors are going to need to follow that kind of Memphis tact with some of these games, especially against good teams, and just make it nasty, make it a little bit dirty, grind it out. They have the personnel for that, especially with, with Barnes and Green and Zaza Pachulia, David West, Andre Godala. Like They can make live hell on some of these other teams, especially young teams. I think back to that Sixers game. And they have enough of those contests left that I think that will give them the margin, especially if Greg Popovich, as he always does, does not focus on the regular season and focuses instead on you know making sure that his team is ready for the playoffs. And he has an older squad, far older than the Warriors. So we'll see how that works moving forward. That's enough for now. 
Thank you so much for taking time. If you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends, tell everybody. I, I, don't, I think I'll probably be the first one out with the KD podcast so you can say, hey, if you want to listen to somebody talk about this, you can listen to, listen to Danny, listen to Locked On Warriors. You can also subscribe and download every episode. It's great for something like this because when I have the chance, I will put out things when the situation presents itself. The Warriors have been pretty fortunate with injuries and they haven't really done much in terms of trades. So you never know when it's going to happen, but look, it's 8.30 in the morning. I'm doing it now. So you can keep track of that. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DannyLaRue on Twitter. I read everything, respond to what I can, and I do appreciate it. So thank you so much for taking the time. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.